Hey, this is Miles Hunter. I'm the pastor of TC3 Students, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this message helps you connect to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ and gives you the courage to live out your faith in your homes, schools, and community. Enjoy today's message. Hey, we have a guest with us today all the way from the state of Washington. Anybody know where Washington is? Please tell me yes. Okay, fan, fantastic. Awesome. We're so excited to have Brent with us today. Brent Wilson is going to bring God's word. And so if you could give me a warm TC3 student family, welcome to Brent Wilson. Yo, yo, yo. How are we doing tonight? Good? Awesome. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Miles. Man, you are the man. Well, hey, like he said, my name is Brent Wilson. I am from the great state of Washington, the rainy Pacific Northwest. No, it does not rain there 24-7, contrary to popular belief. Um, But apparently I brought a hurricane with me, so... I am super pumped to be speaking to you guys tonight. And real quick, before I jump into the message, I just want to give a little honor where honor is due. Um, You guys, I don't know if you know this, but you have an incredible pastor and Pastor Miles and Janae. Um, And I don't know where you are in this room, but I just want to say wherever Pastor Miles is, yeah, give it up for them. Come on. They, um, they... the, the work that you guys put in to these students and everything and the faithfulness, this is the result of it. And so you guys are doing an awesome job. And then can we also give it up for the worship team and what they did tonight? That was awesome. Then of course, uh, we have to give it up for the, uh, the leadership of this church, Pastor Gordon and his wife. Can we give it up for them real quickly too? Man. Well, hey, um, like I said, I am from Seattle, Washington. A little bit about me. I am a Seahawks fan. I know. I am a Seahawks fan. I'm sorry. Russell Wilson was good while he lasted, and then we beat him in the first game. So that's all we need. That's all we need all year. Um, But I love the outdoors. I used to play basketball in high school and also in college. Matter of fact, I think we have a picture of that. That's me in my senior year on our trip to state. We ended up losing in the first round at state, but that's okay. God still loves us. Um, But I'm also, I got to admit, I'm a Blazers fan. Um, Are there any Miami Heat fans in the room? A few people? Okay, okay. I'll admit, you guys are better than the Blazers, but hey, at least we have some loyalty in a superstar. Um, I'm just kidding. LeBron James is cool. We love LeBron. But um, how many of you play sports? A lot of you. Awesome. What are some sports you play? Baseball. You play baseball? What about you? Yeah, you. Soccer? Rowing? You do rowing? That's dope. They have rowing in high school? Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. We, that's an awesome sport. How about over here? I'll get two people. You right there. Lacrosse. lacrosse. I heard, a, like, I met a bunch of people who were playing lacrosse earlier today. And last year, you right there. Golf. Hey, I'm a big golfer too. Golf's a great sport. Well, and like I said, in high school, I played basketball, okay? So um, basketball was like my thing. Matter of fact, when I was a middle schooler, I went to our youth group, but I never really was engaged in what we were doing. I was always the kid in the back of the room that wanted to go play basketball afterwards, no offense. Um, but at, when it came to sophomore year of high school, um, we had a really good basketball team. Every year we were going to state, we were going to the state playoffs, and I had thought I had a good shot at it. I had um, a really good relationship with my varsity coach, and I was working all summer to get on varsity as a sophomore, uh, which was like a huge deal in my school. And so I was working really hard to get to the spot, and we come up to about two weeks before tryouts. 
And so I'm working hard. Tryouts are coming up. I'm getting myself pumped up to make varsity. And we are scrimmaging between um, the two uh, like teams that were going at it. And during that time, I go up to get a rebound, okay? So I'm like getting up there, getting a rebound. And of course, during that time, someone's really smart and they decide to come underneath me. And so they take out my legs while I'm in the air. So I'm falling sideways now. Now, the really smart 15-year-old Brent decides to stick out his hand to break his fall. And as I stick out my hand, I fall on my hand and my thumb, which is supposed to go this way, ended up going that way. And I broke my hands in five different places. And it sat me out six months, the entirety of my sophomore season. And during that season of life, I was distraught. I was asking God, why would you allow this to happen in my life? Why would you allow these things to happen? I'd worked so hard for this. Why would you take this away from me? I was going through a season of doubt. And the reality was the reason why I was going through a season of doubt was because I put too much of my identity in basketball. You see, the reality was my identity was found in an earthly kingdom instead of a heavenly kingdom. You see, my entire identity had been in basketball. And I think oftentimes we allow things to shape our identity in this world. If it's not basketball, it's friends. And if it's not friends, it's a relationship. And if it's not a relationship, it's your TikToks, okay? Like literally, we put our identity in so many things, like the shoes we wear, the clothes that we have, and we think, man, if I could just get to this point in my life, then everything would fall into place. But unfortunately, a lot of times it doesn't happen. And we're gonna continue our series, and I guess this is the end of your series, on this idea of what's true about Jesus is true about you. What's true about Jesus is true about you. Let's pray before we get into it. God, we are so thankful that we are here in this place tonight, God. I pray that as we go into the rest of this message and the rest of this night, Father, that you would speak into our hearts, that we would have hearts that were open to what you were doing in this place, God. And Father, I pray, Lord, that as we go into the rest of the night, Lord Jesus, that you would be with us and that the Seahawks would win somehow. In your name, everyone said... Amen. Well, hey, let's jump into the Word of God real quickly. I want to bring up Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. Um, and I really love this verse because it's one of the most foundational verses for us in our faith. And this is what it says. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden in Christ with God. You see, here's the tension. Today we are living in a generation of people that have an identity crisis. We have allowed social media, relationship, and some of your be-reals to dictate your relationship with God, your identity with Him. And the reality is this, if we get that into our system, if we allow the world to shape our identity, then we are going to end up with an unhealthy identity. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that He sent His only Son, that whoever would um, believe in him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. The reason why he sent his son is because you have value on your life. The reason why he came down to this world is not because he didn't have anything to do on a Friday night. It's because he looked at you and the value that you had from creation. And so if there's, if you're like me, there's oftentimes that you look at your life and you say, okay, awesome. I put my identity sometimes in these things, but how can I put my identity in Jesus? How do I submit myself under his lordship and how do I put my identity in Jesus? And here's 
I just want to give you three things in order to put your identity in Jesus. Sound good? Okay. You still with me? All right, cool. All right, number one is this. Stop imitating the world. Stop imitating the world. You see, if we are not careful, we can easily become accustomed to the world. When I was in college playing hoops, uh, we used to have these ice baths. Pastor Miles probably knows a lot about those things. And um, we, we were a small Christian college in Oregon, and so we didn't really have like, a lot of facilities or anything. So there was a certain number of ice baths. And when coach said, hey, we got to do something after practice, you knew what was up, okay? It was about time to leave early. Um, but basically, if you've ever been in an ice bath, I'm sorry, but it stinks, okay? These things are terrible. You jump in it, and you feel like you're about to freeze to death, okay? But it was funny, like, the, the football players would come out, and there was these, like, big football players the size of the stage, and they're, like, flexing, like, yeah, I just took a nice bath. I'm a macho man, right? Then there, here comes the skinny basketball boys, and we jump in, like, ah, don't hurt me, right? So we, we would get into it, and it's funny, like, if you've ever been in an ice bath, the first, like, 20 seconds are the worst. Like, you're dipping your toes in, like, I don't want to get in. And then you get in and you're freezing, okay? You're like, I'm getting out of this. I don't want to be in this. But coach is giving you the evil eye, so you stay in it. Um, but after about, you know, a minute in the ice bath, you start to get accustomed to it. You're like, all right, you know what? I can do this. I don't have to, you know, it feels a little bad at first, but I'm starting to get used to it a little bit. And if you're in it for like three minutes, congratulations, first of all. But number two, um, you start to really like say, hey, you know what? I can do this. I got this. I can do this. Here's the reality. The longer we allow things in this world to control our life, the more we become accustomed to it. The longer that we allow things like of our identity to be placed in this world, the more we become accustomed to it. The more that you allow relationships to dictate your identity, the more you become accustomed to it. The more you allow social media to dictate who you are, the more you become accustomed to it. We have to be careful and stop imitating the world because if we don't, then we will allow the world to dictate who we are. How many of you know that the words that are spoken over your life create a world? The words that are spoken into you as a human being create some sort of world. When someone says you're too short, you start to believe them. But here's the crazy thing. God says something greater than that. He says that you were created and made in my image to walk this earth. Stop imitating the world. Number two, remember what God says about you. Remember what God says about you. I love this quote from this, um, it's actually a blogger I found online, but I love what it says. It says this, when we depend on what society deems acceptable and praiseworthy, it will be a never-ending chase of attaining we will never be satisfied and we will lose sleep chasing the things that are meant to be tied down. We will be poisoned in our pursuit when God called us poetry before we were even created. Genesis uh, chapter 1 verse 27 says this, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You see, when the world says that you aren't enough, God says you are enough. Why? Because he created you. You have a value on your life because he decided to design you and create you. You're sitting in the seat you are, not by accident, not by circumstance, but because God knew that you would be here at TC3 tonight and that he would move in your heart. God created you. And the only way that we can do this, if we're going to remember God, if we're going to remember him, is the only way we can do this is through his word. How many of you know that the word is the, the foundation of our life? right? Here's what the Bible says. If you don't know 
how to put your identity in Jesus, this is what the Bible says about you. Titus 3.5, I am regenerated and renewed by the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5.19, I am forgiven from the penalty of my sins. 1 Peter 1.3, I am born again into a living hope. Romans 6.5, I am united with Christ through his death and his resurrection. John 1.12, I am a child of God. If you want to remember what Christ Jesus says about you, you have to remember his word. I think oftentimes in life, we have this bar that we're trying to reach. Like, especially for those of you who play sports, like you're like, I want to get to the varsity level. I want to get to the next level. I want to get up as far as I can. And what happens is that we try to reach this bar and we jump for this bar, but we don't have a foundation underneath us. Friend, if you put a foundation of God underneath your life, then that foundation will build you up to the place that God has for you. It's not about how much you can attain. It's about how much you can submit to him. That's what following Jesus is about. It's not about how much you achieve. It's how much you can get the word to get into your life so that you can be the best Christian, the best version of yourself that God has called you to be. You have to remember what God says about you. You got to remember what God says about you. And last but not least, and I'm actually going to call the worship team up real quick, um, is rely on God. I think it's easy in our culture today, in a culture that dictates your world and decides who you are and what you're going to be, to lose your focus on Jesus. And I brought this thing tonight, I brought this dollar bill tonight, and how much is this worth? A dollar, right? And there's some interesting markings on this dollar bill. There's some things that say one on it, there's some stamps on it, and it's not Georgie, but there is a stamp on this that has a marking of the United States Federal Treasury. And that marking on this is what dictates the value on this dollar bill. The reason why this is called a dollar is because it is marked. It has value on it because of the marking that was placed on it. Now, what would happen to this dollar bill? How much value would this dollar bill have? How much is this worth if I put it in water? It's worth a dollar. Okay, what about if I put it in some dirt and rub it around, get it all nasty? How much is this worth still? A dollar, right? How about when I put it on the ground and step on it? How much is that worth? So the circumstance it finds itself in doesn't change its value. So why do we allow the circumstances we find ourselves in change our value? right? Why do we allow the circumstances of this world to change our value? I don't know if you know this, but because God created you, because God loved you enough to send his son into this world, you have a divine value that is on your life, that God cared about you enough that he would put his son on this earth. He marked you from the beginning of creation to the end of your life, that you would have value on your life. And I don't know who I'm speaking to tonight, but I believe there are some of you in this room who are asking, yourselves, do I have any more value in my life? And the answer is God has placed value on you. Because here's the reality. We have to get ourselves to this point in our life where we say, you know what? That may not be what that was said about me may not be true. It may not be factual. But the reality is, is that I have a God who loved me enough that he would send his son to die for our sins, to give us everlasting life. And this next weekend, you guys have a big event coming up. 
and your president is speaking and you're gonna worship and it's gonna be awesome, but I wanna challenge you guys tonight that just like you go through some stuff and if you go through some stuff, then how many more people in your schools go through some stuff? I wanna challenge you to invite your friends next weekend. And it's not just to have numbers or have any of that, but so that they can experience what real, true love is. A love that was reaching out to them just like it reaches out to you. So here's what we're gonna do tonight. Underneath your seat, there's a note card. I want you to reach under and grab that note card. Go ahead and then grab a pen as well. And we're gonna jump back into worship here in a second, but I want you to do something for me. On that note card, I want you to write down on the front of it one lie that has been spoken over your life. And we have some more note cards and some more pens down here if you need it. But write down one thing that has been spoken over your life that's a lie. Maybe it's something that you believed about yourself. Maybe it's something that someone has spoken over you. Maybe it's this thing that's been kind of going on in your head, like I'm not good enough, I can't ever achieve that, I can't ever be that, I can't ever be loved by God or whatever that is. I want you to write down one thing that's a lie that's been spoken over your life. And then what we're gonna do is we're gonna jump into some worship. So let's pray. Jesus, we are so thankful for who you are. God, we recognize that we aren't perfect, that we don't have it all together, that we don't have the perfect answer to anything, God, but we know that you are working in this place, God. And Lord, we know that you, your word is a lamp into our feet, Father. God, we know that your word is the foundation that we can build our life on. It's not feelings, it's not anything else, but it's the word that you have given us, Lord Jesus. Some of us are looking for a promise. We need to look back at what God has promised us in his word. And I pray tonight for every person who's struggling with their worth, struggling with the value that you've placed over their life, God, I just want to remind them, and I pray that you would remind them, Father, that they are loved by you enough that, they, that your son would come down and die for them on a cross. We love you, Jesus. We praise you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and write that note card down, and let's stand up and let's worship.